Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Everybody, Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you here on this Reaction Monday edition. We've been reacting uh, all throughout the first hour, getting ready for KU-TCU tonight. Let's look at some other storylines here in hour number two. Uh, we'll get into the latest with the Big 12 and conference realignment talks. Um, we want to talk about Sydney McKinney and her historic weekend. And an interesting story that we might get to today, if not, we'll hit it later in the week, about Baltimore, the Orioles, and their offseason. And it just brings up this issue of Major League Baseball that we've talked about before. Uh, But they're just the latest case of teams not spending um, and rewarding the fan bases for good years. So let's start with the conference realignment, Tommy. Dennis Dodd on Friday, after we got off the air, put out uh, a pretty – lengthy story about sort of the latest in all this. And and we want to put out a big old disclaimer and asterisk off the top that Dennis Dodd says a breakup of the Pac-12 isn't particularly likely. Story starts that way, Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports. But then it gets into all the issues that they face and the fact that it's even a possibility how this thing has turned on them. One thing that I thought was interesting in Dodd's story is the Pac-12's time here and how long they've waited and they've sort of been stubborn and digging their heels in is he points out that, you know, Disney just laid off a bunch of people. ESPN, right? Amazon just laid off a bunch of people. Google just laid off a bunch of people. So these three outlets who are um, looking to, uh, you know, expand into the streaming world, the timing might not be as good as it was six months ago. They owe potentially a media partner $50 million. Basically, the Pac-12 is in a financial mess, and a lot of it has happened because they waited too long. The Big 12 struck while the iron's hot. Now, the Big 12 wants to continue to get stronger, but they got their deal done. And we're seeing a, a lot of economic uncertainty in the world right now, certainly. 
are these networks and companies that are not solely traditional like television companies, right? Are they really going to pony up right now when they're when they're showing us they're trying to, you know, make cuts to save money at the moment? I don't know. I mean that that takes, you know, smarter people to understand, but if we're being logical about it, I would say the timing now to try and go get a bunch of money in a in a media rights deal versus six months ago, Tommy, is far more uncertain right now than it was six months ago. Well, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Is it expansion that comes first or is it a media rights deal? The that comes chicken first here and... because Pac twelve has been a bunch of chickens. They yeah, haven't been right. aggressive. One hundred percent. And there's all of this speculation that they're targeting San Diego State and they're targeting SMU as potential expansion candidates. If I'm one of those schools, why in the world would I want to bolt for the Pac-12 until I know exactly what the media rights deal is? Well, Why would I want to jump do... in? I don't know. It'll be better than what those schools make now. But uh, look, they've been chicken, right, and not doing anything, and they missed the golden egg, which is what the Big 12 brought in, right? The Big 12 went and got that and got aggressive. And if the Pac-12... I mean, for for teams like SMU, the Pac-12 is going to be a better option, even if it is a merger with the Mountain West, which has been, you know, there has been some talk on that, that, you know, there would be a remaining merger if Oregon and Washington went to the Big Ten and Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State went to the Big 12, which is, you know, a scenario that Dodd has created as a possibility if this thing really goes sideways even in that you know there there is value to teams like smu and san diego state to go to that merged league but it's i mean it's really really uncomfortable right i now. mean i don't i don't know if they're re- like for smu if we're talking about them specifically i'm not really so sure that there is uh, because look at what in this scenario that Dennis Dodd is laying out, these are the teams that would, you know, supposedly be in this new merged conference Cal, Boise State, Fresno State, Oregon State, San Diego State, Stanford, Washington State. So you want to tell me that that's a stronger conference than SMU in the American and the revamped American? I, I don't know. I mean, yes, it might be. It, is. it might, I don't think it's but close. it's not. I don't, I don't think it's a slam dunk. Oh, I do. I think it's a slam dunk. I, I think that you'd still have because because those remaining Pac-12 schools have more value and larger footprints than the, than really anybody in the AAC still. It'd be like saying wh- which team is more valuable to a league, uh, you know, Cal or Wichita State. Like just compare the top end of it, right? Stanford or Memphis that Pac-12 would still be better. Now, it's, you know, for how much better? I don't know. SMU would be doing itself a favor. And and look, I, I would have to sit here, and I feel like I've had a pretty good pulse on this, and I've, I've guessed right a lot. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I What I do think is there is real danger for the Big 12 to go get some of them. And and we'll see. The Big 12 wants that West Coast window really, really badly. And whether they can go get some Pac-12 teams. Look, if you're the Big 12, shoot for the moon. Go after Oregon-Washington. 
who want to go to the Big Ten, but the Big Ten may not want them. Start there. And if you don't get there, go to Arizona, Utah, just what Dodd lays out, the two Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah. But, I mean, why couldn't the Big 12 add Stanford? At, at some point, these schools out west are going to have to get the, you know, you know, pull their noses down out of the air as much as they can and come play with the hillbillies, right? Like, if you want to make some money, you better throw that stuff out the window, get your predisposed whatever notions that you have of everybody else that doesn't live on the West Coast. And if you want to make any money, you better get in the slop right with us here because that's 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 about your only ticket at this point. And don't like don't overlook that either because sometimes the only color that matters is green. And if you're Cal and Stanford and these quote unquote prestigious whatever, right? That that thinks the name on that piece of paper is more valuable than name on than the names on our pieces of paper, which of course they're not. Then if you want to make any of that green, you better get you better you better get off your high horse and jump right into it because I don't think that it's there at the level they think it's going to be there. I mean, what do they have to offer anymore? Right? Like th- there's not a buzz. Like the only people that care about the Pac-12 live out west. Right? Nobody east really, you know, especially now without UCLA and USC. Like people around the rest of the country they don't care what's happening at Washington State or the Arizona. Like, they don't. Could they care? And, and here's what I'm saying. Like, in the Pac-12, I don't think anybody cares about those schools right now. Let's say some of those schools were a part of the Big 12. A whole lot more of the country would start caring about them because they would impact the league, right? Now, if you're those schools, you have a chance to increase your exposure. A lot, because nobody else, anywhere else in the country, I mean, it's the problem the Pac-12s always face, Tommy. Like, nobody, we talk about it all the time. Why weren't we paying attention to those Pac-12 basketball schools come tournament time? Because nobody cares about them until tournament time. And, And I don't know why that is. Probably because their games are on too late for the rest of us. But we would care. I would care far more about it if they were in the Big 12. Right? I'd know a whole lot more about those schools. I'd watch a whole lot more of their games. And there's a lot of people that feel that way. But the, but the opposite effect doesn't exist. Now, is there enough out there on their own for them to take advantage of it financially? Maybe there is. But if I'm betting my money, it they won't in its in their current state, no matter who they add, they will not match the Big 12 media deal that Brett Yormark just secured. They won't match it, I don't think. You want to know why people don't really care about, at least in the basketball world, about Pac-12 basketball until tournament time? Because they're not very good. They're just, they're not very good. Uh, You have all this major hype, typically, about teams like a UCLA or an Arizona or whatever. But other than that, they're really, the conference from top to bottom is not very good. They win a lot of tournament games. What I'm saying, look at the Big 12 and look at from top to bottom how talented that conference is. You've got a couple of really good teams at the top in the Pac-12, and then what? You want to tell me the Cal Golden Bears are going to inspire a lot of people to really want to watch Pac-12 basketball? I, you know, I'm the Stanford Cardinal, Washington State? I mean, come on. It, it, the, the conference as a whole, Colorado, the conference as a whole, 
is not very good. And so a lot of people don't really care about it from a basketball perspective. The other thing, too, is that if people already have a difficult time locking in to Pac-12 athletics outside of the Pacific time zone and a media rights deal for the Pac-12 comes along that is primarily digital and streaming, you think that's going to make people lock in more? I doubt it. And all of the prime windows and the prime networks are basically gone at this point because the Pac-12 has set back and they've not really done anything. Now, of course, they're a couple of hours behind, so there still is that late window. I get that. That's what they've always had. But other than that, if the Pac-12 inks some kind of deal with a digital streaming provider and that's where the lion's share of the games are, I can tell you right now, For a conference where visibility is already a struggle nationwide, it's going to be even worse if the majority of games are streaming and not on linear television. Totally. Just for example, Pac-12 in 2021 went 13-5 and in the tournament. They had the best tournament of any league, and I don't think any of us were were even aware that there were that many good Pac-12 teams in the tournament. That happens, I feel like, with that league more than any other league, and it's because we don't stay up late to watch those games because why would we, Tommy? Like, in this part of the country, like, the only people that are staying up late to watch those games are the are the people in those places right now. It's the challenge that they face, and it's an exclusive challenge. Now, there's massive swaths of population, obviously, out west, but that is going away, right? All of these leagues and all of these people are trying to capitalize on getting eyeballs from coast to coast on your product, not just your region. That's the changing landscape of big-time college athletics. And the Pac-12 has been too stubborn in what they're trying to do. Do you think, Tommy, let's, let's pretend like the last two years hadn't happened. Do you think that the Pac-12 would ever consider going to the middle of the country and adding teams? No way. Not a chance. No way. Because they can't get their noses out of the air long enough to smell what's happening around them, right? Everyone else in the country is trying to create a national footprint with their college athletics leagues, except the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is perfectly content to just stay out west and pretend like it's 1985, right? It's not. And there's the whole reason why in college football, it's taken this long to get to playoff expansion because of the Rose Bowl. It was a holdup on that side of the country. That was a huge reason as to why expansion is only happening right now and not a couple of years ago. It's just it's silly to me that the Pac-12, which would have been with UCLA and USC in such a good position to poach, right? Like the moment that the Big 12 wavered with Oklahoma and Texas, the Pac-12 should have come in and swooped up as many teams as they could have. But they couldn't get, they couldn't get you know, off of this high and mighty pedestal of, oh, well, we have our prestigious. They would, you know, water that. Boy, don't you think they'd like that do-over? Don't you think they'd love to have those teams now? They're talking about adding San Diego State and SMU. You don't think they should have gone in and added basically every Big 12 team remaining? Remember when we said they ought to join forces and yeah. create a super league? Yeah. And people thought we were crazy? Don't you think Pac-12 would like to have that now? But they waited too long. And <laughs> I don't know how you could possibly wait. It was what frustrated us so much about the Big 12 until Brett Yormark got in there. 
Like, how could you possibly wait to get stronger in the current state of things? How can you not see what's happening? It blows me away. These cajillionaires that run these leagues not being capable of looking past their nose. Like, how can you not see what the future is in all this? Every league wants a national brand and a national footprint. We've never seen a power restructuring like we are seeing right now. And there's a there's a very good reason for it because there's a market for it. And, you know, if you can capitalize on that market, which the Big 12 is absolutely doing, the Big 10 and the SEC did it first, right? And they they did it out of a position of power. The Big 12 looked like it was about to be a victim of it, and then they quickly reshuffled their thinking, and now they're a power broker. And a power broker, by the way, who's not done? And it's going to be really, really interesting for some of these Pac-12 schools to make a big-time decision because Utah and the Arizonas and Colorado, and they're not in the same as Stanford and Cal. Like, those schools don't have this, you know— high uh, holier than thou mentality if the money's better in the big 12 they're gonna go they're gonna leave and if you're the pac 12 right now you would you had better hope that you're able to secure a big deal i just don't know where is that big deal coming from because if you're banking on it coming from google or amazon i don't think it's coming in the current economic climate yeah and and we know espn is about done with all of it We've seen the major networks be about done with all of it. And if you're any other major network, if you're ESPN and Fox, would you rather go strike another big deal with the Pac-12 to get out west? Or would you rather see the Big 12 add the western time zone and just double down on that investment that you've already made? Because that answer seems obvious to me too. I think the networks would prefer the Big 12 to just grow at this point. And the Pac-12, who's going to try to rely on streaming, if you think that money's going to be the same, good flipping luck. Because in 10 years, maybe it is, and and we've made tremendous progress in that world, but it ain't there yet. And, and, and have yeah. fun. Think about the change in ecosystem from the last time a media rights deal was done to now. I mean, you had the Pac-12 network. Like that was a major network put on by ESPN. And the best that the Big 12 could do was the Longhorn Network. That was the best that they could do. There wasn't a Big 12 network. The only Big 12 network eventually became uh, Big 12 now on ESPN+. And that was before ESPN+, Plus was, be- was ESPN+. Plus. The best they could do was get a University of Texas network for the Big 12. That was it. Now look at it. Now look at where we're moving to. Uh, where the Big 12 has a very solid media rights deal, and the Pac-12 is kind of left whipping in the wind. Not exactly sure what direction they're going, but I'll tell you right now that Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, you think they're going to be excited to join a merged league with the Pac-12 and the Mountain West, potentially, when you've got teams like Boise State and Fresno State coming in? I don't think so. I think those guys are going to jump ship as soon as there's an offer. And if Brett Yormark, and I know that they're having negotiations, but if Brett Yormark is able to pull that off and get those four corner schools like we've been speculating for a long time, that's a major coup. And for those four schools, 
the, the clock is ticking. The, the Pac-12 isn't doing anything. Like, nothing is happening. They're sitting back and they're twiddling their thumbs and they're waiting. I don't know what they're waiting for. There's nothing left to wait on if you're the Pac-12. Get, get something done and try to, try to save your conference, but they're not doing that. We could be wrong about this. I'd bet that we're not, right? Because I've been on it basically the whole way through, and I don't know why. What to me has seemed so logical the whole time which has been get bigger fast, right? From the moment we saw Texas and Oklahoma start this mess, my instant reaction was you better get big fast. You got to merge. You got to do whatever you can do to get big, puff your chest out, and stay relevant at the time in the CFP conversation, right? Because that was going to become the ultimate goal. And there was a lot of uncertainty. Why is it? Why, Tommy? Our college fan bases, and maybe it's because I don't have one. Like, I'm not I'm not a part of it. I went to a Division II school. I've covered and enjoyed the league holistically. Um, you know, all of these things. Maybe, maybe it's because I don't have blinders to put on. But why are so many college athletics fans so blind to the idea that Join join forces here. Like, stop with the my conference is better than your conferences. Who cares? Because your conference is going to go away if you don't join up and team up and get as big as you can as fast as you can. That simple you know, conversation that we've been having for two years, that hasn't changed, right? Get yeah. as big as you can possibly be. Get as big as you can be. And then when the dust settles, because I do think the dust will settle, right? I think there will be an end to this sooner than later, at least for the next five to 10 years. Where are you going to be standing? Right now, there's not a real bright future for the Pac-12 that I can see because the expansion and the deals that have needed to happen are largely already done. The Pac-12 is only now doing what the Big 12 and, heck, even Bob Bowlesby did immediately, which was expand somehow, right? And that was the poaching of the AAC for the Big 12. The Pac-12 should have poached the Mountain West six months ago. And they and now they're talking about it. Now they want to go out shopping because they know what's happening. Like, why didn't you do that the next day? But you know the biggest difference right now between the Big 12 and the Pac-12? The absolute biggest difference is a guy by the name of Brett Yormark. That's the difference. Because well, yeah, they Bob kicked, they Bowlesby that. went and did Bob Bowlesby got went out and got the AAC schools, right? Bob Bowlesby sat before legislature and no, said we're going to he lose no... all this money and we yep. will never ever survive. And look at what Brett Yormark did. I mean, he went out and he got a totally. media rights deal done that is better than what they yep. had before and they lost Texas and Oklahoma and they got it done. They got to die. I agree. I agree with that. I'm not I'm not like trying to shower Bob Bowlesby with praise because I'm not. He totally misvalued the situation. But at least in the short term, what he did for the Big 12 immediately was go get some more teams. Like at least he provided that because without that, you know, Brett Yormark probably doesn't get that lucrative of a deal. But at least he did that. The Pac-12 hasn't done anything. They've not done a thing since this has all happened. That's wildly, wildly 
misreading the room because now they're not in a position to do a good media rights deal. What are they going to bargain with? They got nothing. If I'm every TV network and the Pac-12 comes to me, I'm like, yeah, but you're not going to even have Oregon and, and Washington as soon as they get an offer. Like, why would I do business with you? You're just going to get worse. You're not going to get better. What have you shown us that says you're going to be a stronger league? I'll just wait for the Big 12 or the Big 10 to come poach your teams. I'm going to do business with them. Pac-12 did this to itself. You, you Yeah, you, you know, that high. I don't feel bad for them. <laughs> they had the well, opportunity. I feel bad for their fans because, I, I mean, I, I love great college fans anywhere, and they have But like you fans. said, who cares about the conference? You can still cheer for the team. Yep. They're going to well, find other places to out. play, and the fan base is going to be That's what fine. they'll find out. Right. I, I mean, I know the panic is there, but if you're a part of one of those great fan bases, like, you're probably going to end up in a good place because what we know now, based on what the Big 12 deal shows us, is there's a ton of value in adding Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado, in adding Cal and Stanford if they can ever figure out that that's what they need to do. Like, there's still plenty of value with those schools. Um I just don't know what I, I don't think the Pac-12. I mean, it's going to be borderline Power Five if it's able to stay Power Five, quote unquote, when the dust settles. We'll come back. We got a Major League Baseball story we want to talk about. We want to talk about Sidney McKinney's historic weekend as well. Plenty to go here on Sports Daily on a Reaction Monday. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily, KFH. Give away a couple more HDO Brewhouse coffee cards here. Uh, Jad will get those for our first caller, 869-1240. You can come try the coffee and hot drinks at HTO Wichita East. Only the East location are for now. All the Brewhouse drinks, you can get those starting on Friday. Uh, so we'll do that to our first caller right now. Tommy, welcome back. Uh, Wichita State softball and baseball in full swing now. Baseball was able to get a win on the road. A uh, tough place to go play. But softball, uh, we get history, Tommy, as softball continues to roll through the early part of its schedule in that Sidney McKinney 300th career hit on Sunday. First shocker to ever accomplish that feat. She's going to set a lot of records as Wichita State and and all I ever think about when I think about a Sydney McKinney, Tommy, is where she will end up ranking among all-time Shocker athletes. She can be right there at the top of any list, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, the, she's the best player in America right now. Uh, and, and, of course, we're talking about all-time status, legend uh, in the game of softball. But right now, Wichita State has the best softball player in the country. And so for folks that are you know, on the fence about whether or not they want to eventually get out uh, and, and go watch this softball squad play. Absolutely do it because you're witnessing history. Sydney McKinney is incredible. It is incredible. And they have a couple of the best players in the country. Um, and, and that's, what's wild. It's, it, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them this year, but she's amazing. Obviously we've talked about it a billion times. We'll try and get her on the show at some point. Schedules have not lined up with, uh, softball to get to get folks in from them, but we'll do a little of it. They're eight and three to start the year. Um, they continue road trips this time of year, and they start to come home in March. But they'll have uh, one more trip 
to close things out this weekend, and then they're home in Wichita. So they'll go to Denton, uh, North Texas, future conference foe. They'll get a couple games against North Texas, a couple games against Northwestern State, and then they'll be home and begin that home stretch basically for the entire month of March until the very end there where we'll see them at Wilkins Stadium, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Be a hot ticket in town, I would suspect, this year, even through uh, some of the challenges you get this time of year with the weather. And, you know, if you follow uh, softball, if you follow baseball, uh, if you're a fan of one of those sports, you're used to seeing batting averages, what, around 250, 300, 350? I mean, like, really, really good players are going to be up over 300 in their batting average. Just for reference, Sidney McKinney is 771 through the first 11 games of the year. 771. She's getting a hit 77% of the time. Uh, it, I mean, just she has a 29 game hitting streak. That's the 11th longest in NCAA history, which is incredible. That dates back to last season, uh, of course. And then it's not just Sydney McKinney, Allison Cooper, shout out to her sophomore for the for the Shockers uh, through the 20th no hitter in Wichita State softball history over the weekend, which was awesome as well. And that had always been a question, right? Like we knew that well, the sure. Shockers squad can hit the ball really, really well. But where's the star pitching? Do they do they have that? And uh, if somebody like Cooper can, you know, do things like throw no hitters, uh, you got to feel pretty good about that. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's all going to be about the pitching to the long term success at Wichita State for sure. Uh, but we we know the offense is going to be there, and we're going to see a lot of amazing stuff happen offensively. Um, I can't wait, man. I I just can't wait for them to get home and to check them out and to take my kids out to watch them play uh, and all the fun stuff that we're going to see. Baseball uh, got off to a one and two start over the weekend. Uh, Three really competitive games, a two nothing loss in the opener, a six to five loss in the second game. And then they kind of exploded on Sunday and won it 11 to six. So I, I think, honestly, that's a pretty good showing for the Shockers. Long Beach State has some history there. I don't know how good they are. I'm not going to pretend like I do, but I know historically they've been pretty good. They'll go on the road one more time this weekend at Utah Tech, which, I again, I don't know anything about. Um, and then they come back home in March as well. So we'll get you know a lot of weekends where we've got softball and baseball sort of lining up side by side. I hope that we get good weather because I think people are hungry for it. Um, so I hope the weather cooperates for them and, and we get that opportunity to do that. Uh, but it'll just be, you know, one more thing, one more thing to do here on, uh, around Wichita. If these teams can be competitive, we know softball will be, I hope baseball is be, will be, I don't know what to expect right now. My, like my expectation for baseball, Tommy is, is zero idea. And we'll have to watch it a little bit to see because with, you know, Eric wedge out now and, I know they have a lot of talented players, but I mean, maybe you have a better feel for it than I do. But at this point, I really don't have any feel for Wichita State baseball. Yeah, you know, of course, all the offseason turmoil and, and the change in the head coaching and, and all of that. Uh, I think that Lauren Hibbs is the right guy to stabilize this program. Um, it, it's kind of interesting, right? Um, they make the announcement and the decision to not retain Eric Wedge. Uh, and Lauren Hibbs steps in. Um, you really didn't hear anything else after that, right? It was kind of like business as usual, get everything ready to go to start the season. And I don't know if that tells you more about Eric Wedge or more about Lauren Hibbs, uh, but it wasn't like we saw 
um, you know, a lot of disarray in the program after that announcement was made. And if there was, it was all private and behind the scenes. There was really nothing public about any sort of issues in that transition. So I, I do think that knowing that Lauren Hibbs is the right guy to really stabilize and steady the ship. And so I'm really curious to see how this Wichita State Shocker baseball squad will respond to that. And if we're going to see uh, an added level of success, it had been, I would say, disappointing um, would be a nice way to put it over the last, what, year or so when you, you you thought that there was a lot of momentum, a lot of talent on this team and then kind of underperforming. So uh, I'm excited to see what Lauren Hibbs can do. It's a struggle when you're going out on the West Coast and playing the teams that the Shockers are starting off the season playing, but it was nice for them to get at least their first win in the Lauren Hibbs era. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it will will have to. It's just going to take some time. It's going to take a long time, I think, um, for for us to get that good understanding of where the Shocker baseball program sits this year. Like it's, we're going to have to see some of these series against big time schools and how they're stacking up and, and they'll get some of those. You got game against Oklahoma. You got a game against Oklahoma state. You got three at Creighton. You actually have two against Oklahoma. They'll play Kansas. So they'll, they'll give us plenty of opportunities to do that. And we'll get our chances. We make our way through. You can of course always hear Shocker baseball right here on KFH. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll spend some time with a story uh, that you know revolves around the Baltimore Orioles, but certainly impacts the Kansas City Royals and, and a problem that Major League Baseball has. We'll do that next on Sports Daily, 869-1240. Jacob and Tommy with you on this Reaction Monday. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Congratulations to Sean 
for winning a couple of uh, free brew house offerings from HTO. Over on the east side, we're launching coffee and hot drinks. That begins on Friday. We're giving away a couple of pair of drinks to those. Excited to see what everybody thinks about that. Tommy, let's talk baseball. We're getting closer and closer to the start of the Major League Baseball season. The Baltimore Orioles, 83 wins last year, was one of the real surprises across the league. The biggest. Yet their payroll here, they've spent almost no money this offseason. They have a lot of talented young players. They've done nothing to support them even after an 83-win season, and then they'll have the second lowest opening day payroll uh, in Major League Baseball. Now, the owner comes out and says, look, we overachieved based on great young players hitting maybe before we suspected, and it's not, uh, you know, not his job to predict payroll, but to make sure that community partnerships are sustained. I don't know that I would say the Orioles should have come out this offseason and spent a ton of money. I don't know that that would have been the, the right path for them and that organization because spending a bunch of money hasn't worked well for them over the last handful of years. You know, they, they they had those years where they were really good. Remember, the you know, they, they were competitive right when the Royals were, and then they went and spent a bunch of money, and that didn't really work out for them. But don't come out and say as the owner, like, that's not my job. My job's to make sure community partnerships are sustained. No, not in Major League Baseball. That'd be your job if you were a minor league owner, right? Like, if you're a minor league owner, you need to make sure community partnerships are sustained. If you're a major league baseball owner, you need to make sure that your team is winning games as as John Angelos. John Angelos is an idiot. Uh, and, and that was the worst possible thing that he could say to a fan base that at one point last season, they were very excited about not only the future, but the present of the organization. And then what does he do? He comes out and just absolutely spew, spews nonsense like that is horrible and horrible for him to say. So if I am one of the young players if I'm Adley Rutschman or one of these other young stars that the Orioles have, get me the hell out of Baltimore as quickly as I can get out of there because I'm not going to have the support from ownership. They are not going to pay me what I'm worth, and I am much more likely to go make what I need to make and have success with another team in Major League Baseball. That's the reason why Baltimore, at least over what the last, I don't know, 20 years overall, has been... Not a good organization, not a good franchise. Yeah, it, um, look, it is, uh, it's not that it's not true. It's that why would you say it? Why would you say that? Like, just be honest with your fan base. Say, guys, we, we need a little time. It's not time for us to spend yet. We have this great young core, and the worst thing we could do for that young core is tie up a bunch of money into players that aren't really going to help us win and lose our ability to keep this young core together. Baltimore needs to be doing everything that Atlanta's done right now, right? Do everything that you can to give the to basically just to to make contracts that get rid of arbitration years that's i mean this is kind of all of what atlanta's doing but man that makes you feel great if you're a fan that means all right they're committed to this group because again like did the orioles need to go spend 20 million dollars on a middling starting pitcher no they're not there yet yeah they overachieved last year 
but start extending some of these young players. Just show the fan bases that you're committed to spending money to win and your community partnerships are going to line themselves up, right? Like that's that's how you maintain community partnerships. You show a commitment to winning and just have an honest conversation with people. Don't say it's not my responsibility to manage payroll. Just say, guys, we are planning and working diligently to spend some money to reinforce this great young team that our baseball people have put together. That takes time. We promise that we're working on it every single day. We want this core to stay together. And if we thought that there were free agents that could have helped us this year, we would have been aggressive. We just didn't see that in the market. Because I don't disagree with that. But like the optics of it, because there are too many franchises around Major League Baseball that will not ever spend money on the roster, Cleveland, Oakland, uh, Tampa, there's lots of them, right, that would never spend. You you don't want the perception. You don't want to be looped in with those teams, Cincinnati. Like there's all these teams that I, it would be so frustrating to be a fan of. And I'm not going to put the Royals in there because the Royals showed that when they were competitive, they spent quite a bit of money. And I do think that they'll do that again. They're, they have a timing issue. Uh, I don't think I, – I trust that they'll spend money when the time's right. The, the problem is they haven't had a good time to spend it lately. Uh, Baltimore's got a great time to spend it. Right now, go lock up those young players. I mean, the Royals' top priority right now needs to be to, to get a long-term deal done with Bobby Witt Jr., period, and hope that these other guys develop and they can do that same model. Atlanta's showing you the model right now. Atlanta's got the model. Lock up your young players for a long time. Tampa did it to a lesser degree a long time ago. You remember the Evan Longoria deal? People were like, oh, that's crazy. No, those are the kinds of deals you have to do. You have to take a leap of faith with some of these young guys. But it just it was weird, and it brings up this dynamic of, of spending in Major League Baseball. Well, and John Angelos is the same guy that cried poor and then was called out on it and said that he would open the books. And then he never did. Uh, so that it's the same owner that, that did all of that. Uh, but they've got really high caliber young players in their organization, some of whom are already at the big league level. But then they've got others that are waiting in the wings and AAA and AA. But they've got Adley Rutschman. They've got Gunnar Henderson, Grayson Rodriguez. And yeah, to your point, if you could do what the Braves have done, uh, and a couple of other teams, have, uh, the Padres have done this, a couple of other teams to a lesser extent where you're locking up young talent for a long time to come. You're ultimately, if John Angelos is, is concerned about increasing payroll, then why not lock them up to team-friendly deals for a long time? The issue is because he's verbalizing this nonsense, if I'm one of these players, if I'm one of the agents for these players, why would I want to be locked up long term with an organization headed up by this idiot? I'd rather go to the open market when that time comes and make more money elsewhere and know I'm playing for an organization that is committed to me and committed to overall success by making it happen in whatever way you can, whether it's through free agency, through trades, through contract extensions, whatever it is. But if I'm Adley Rutschman, who is one of the best young players in baseball right now, why would I want John Angelos to lock me up to a long-term deal? Because I feel like he's not committed to because the organization. Because money, money talks, and if you've got a chance to get the money before you have to nah, sit through I, nah, it's four different. years like, of you, arbitration. You, no, you referenced, you referenced Atlanta. The reason why these players are agreeing to long-term deals that are team-friendly is because they've seen 
everyone else. They've seen the, their teammates agreeing to it. There's a shared yeah, vision but- long-term for the franchise. Baltimore doesn't have that. Ozzy Albies did it before it was, you know, he was at the forefront and they weren't ultra competitive at that point. Baltimore can get there. You just have to, you know, you have to do those deals public. You want to do them publicly. Like you want, you want people to know that you're working on those deals. You want Adley Rutschman and all these young players that they have to know that you're working on those deals collectively. Like guys, we want to bring you all in together. Well, no, I know that's, that's the issue with the statement and why it doesn't make any sense because they're like, just the optics of it, just have the conversations with your fan base because there's no rush to get those deals done. You have lots of time to get those deals done, but you can actively work on those deals and in the long run, save your organization a ton of money because those players, look, they're not going to get a deal. Like if they hit the open market, you're basically offering them the opportunity to bypass arbitration years. And, and so, and, and if you're the player, that that is life changing money that you don't ever have to worry about anything again ever. Like everyone was like Ozzy Albies, why would he take that deal back then? I'm like, are you kidding? Because that's life changing money. Now he doesn't ever have to worry about anything ever again. Like don't pretend like you know where these guys come from. Salvador Perez did this a long time ago for like a million bucks. Did he? Could he have gotten way more had he waited? Sure he could have. But you know what? The financial security of taking the deal now, like if I'm one of those players and everyone always says, oh, wait, you would have made more on the market. Hell no. Give me the money. I'm not even I'm not even talking about the money aspect of it. I'm not talking about the free market and, you know, making more money elsewhere. I'm talking about a shared commitment to success for an organization by attempting to lock up a bunch of young talent all at once so you can have long term success. That's what Atlanta is doing right now. That's what Baltimore should be doing, but they're not because their their owner is an idiot. You want to tell me that Salvador Perez, and I love Salvi, don't get me wrong. I'm not even talking about him going and making more money elsewhere. But you think that him being locked in to a long-term contract forever while the Royals suck every year, year in and year out, don't you think that Salvi would want to maybe be like, hey, any other plans around me? Anything we can do around me to make Not it better? Salvi. Because I'm locked in. Salvi is I'm, a bad I'm just, example. I'm just saying in general. Like, generally speaking, again, if I'm Adley Rutschman, I'm going to want that probably more than the money. I'm going to want it to know. That I, wanna, I want to know that there's shared vision for success, and Baltimore doesn't have it. I think if I'm Adley Rutschman, I'll take the 70 mil, which will probably get offered up when the time comes. Better get comfortable losing 100 games every year. Well, he only has to become, he's got to sit those years out there and, and tough it out anyway through arbitration. I mean, he's there anyway. Like, it's got to, he's got to be there. He, don't, he can't demand a trade or anything. That doesn't happen in baseball. But the owner, take a different approach. Take a different approach. 869-1240. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up. We'll tell you what's on tap today on Sports Daily. Just we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 